Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. And by Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Inflation is going through the roof. Graham Ledger owns gold and silver, and you should consider it too. Go to bh-pm.com, bh-pm.com, or call 866-3-GOLD-25, 866-3-GOLD-25 for Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Thank you. All right, Mr. News, hit it. Next on the Ledger Report... Biden's Afghan debacle, dead Americans, and U.S. taxpayer-equipped terrorists. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego... One anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. I'm going to take this call. I'm going to start with calls here. Kathy, Colorado, you're on the Wilcow Majority. Hello. Hey, my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. And to listen to that. Sorry, I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. Um, go, go My ahead. son uh, was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap, talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone. And I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately 
You just killed my son with a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House. He still thinks he's a senator. A Marine just left my house two minutes ago getting my divorce decree. A Marine, two Marines showed up at my house at 4 o'clock in the morning to tell me my son was dead. So my name is Kathy McCollum. My son was Riley James McCollum. You can check it out. Um, his wife, I, she might not want me to say her name. Um, they just got married on February 14th, and they're expecting a baby on on uh, September 26th. And um, I just can't, I just, I just couldn't sit by idly because I think I need to just process through anger instead of tears. And so this is how I'm going to do it. And Laura Bobert's coming to my house tomorrow. My representative will be at my house tomorrow and um, we'll speak and hopefully she'll be able to convey my message to the rest of the United States that this was, she said, your son did not die in vain, but guess what? My son did die in vain. This was an unnecessary debacle that could have been handed, handled properly. They had months and months to, re- to remove everyone from Afghanistan and they chose not to. And so they sent in freaking what, 6,000 troops. And my son, through the laws of statistics, my son was one of the ones who just got blown up in a freaking terrorist bomb yesterday. Stop tape. Where do you begin? Uh, you, you feel empathy. Um, you feel her pain. I can't imagine you know, having a child who's in her 20s. I just can't imagine what this woman is going through. But to have her son blown to bits by terrorists. And these people, it's unbelievable the way that, and I'll get to the mainstream media in a moment, how they're covering for Joe Biden. A lot of people are saying, oh, the mainstream media is turning on Joe Biden. Please, please, you're living in fantasy land. Every once in a while, the mainstream media is going to swerve into what you might call journalistic analysis. But in the end, they're going to protect their flank. They have Joe Biden's six, as the military would say. It is outrageous that this woman's child is dead. It is outrageous that the 12 others were killed. But Joe Biden set them up for this. Joe Biden set up any American that's in Afghanistan for a near-death or, in this case, positive-death situation. I'm one of the believers that back in 2003, we should never have put a boot on the ground officially. Unofficially, you want to have covert operations there and special ops, fine. You want to put some boots on the ground so we can get intel? Yes, I'm not an isolationist. I'm not a libertarian in that respect. I believe we need to have forward bases and forward positions, both military and special ops and intel, CIA, what have you, in various parts of the globe, in various hotbeds of terrorist activity. And certainly Afghanistan is a hotbed of terrorist activity. But now we've created another, there aren't many of them, but another terrorist state. Iran is a terrorist state. And, and, and look at the, at the potential nexus that's going to develop between Iran 
and Afghanistan. Yeah, sure, they're different sects of radical Islam, but in the end, their goal is the same. They want to destroy Israel. They want to destroy the United States. They want to destroy any freedom-loving country. And this nexus, by the way, has not changed for somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 years. Muhammad and his orders through the Quran, whether you want to read into that or not, is to destroy the infidels. And we can go back to the Crusades. The Crusades are not taught correctly, if they're taught at all, in this country. That it was the Catholic Church trying to spread Christianity? Baloney. It was the Catholic Church, the only entity on the planet at the time that had the resources to attempt to and effectively beat back radical Islam as it was spreading throughout that part of the world. And today, the United States is effectively the only entity on the planet to beat back radical Islam on multiple fronts. And we're not doing a great job at it. I mean, we've completely forgot about what has happened, for example, in Indonesia. Indonesia, the silent takeover by radical Islam of a country that was not Muslim, but it is now Muslim majority. And look what's happening in the Philippines. The Philippines is on the verge of losing its country to Islam. And the war that's going on and been going on and on and on in Mindanao, southern part of Philippines, being corrupted by Islam. And look what's happened, of course, to certain areas of Iraq. And when Barack Obama had his ill-planned pull out of Iraq, left the void. Who filled it? ISIS. Donald Trump comes in after we watched the beheading and the massacre of Christians and, and non-Islamic residents of Iraq and into Syria, after we watched that for so many years, Donald Trump comes in, wipes out ISIS, and uses the jails in Afghanistan to harbor the ones that survived. And now, just a couple of months ago, or within the last month, you have the Taliban, as Joe Biden says, the Taliban, coming in there and opening up the jails and letting ISIS out. Wonderful. So, we have ISIS running all over uh, Kabul and, and the rest of Afghanistan. We have the Taliban now in charge. And, the, and of course, Al-Qaeda is still floating out there without a country, but maybe they've got a country now. And for these people who are trying to split hairs in the Biden administration saying we can work with the Taliban. Donald Trump was not working with the Taliban. He was talking to them. And most of the message was, hey, you people, if you touch a, a hair on an American, we're going to bomb you into living hell. And these people on the Internet who say this is Donald Trump's deal. And, and on national television, that this is Donald Trump deals what, what Joe Biden is affecting in Afghanistan are lying. First of all, any, quote, deal can be undone by whoever the commander-in-chief is. 
There was no blood oath between the Taliban and Donald Trump and the Trump administration. As soon as Joe Biden started occupying the White House on January 20th, 2021, all things are off. All bets are off. This is Joe Biden's debacle in Afghanistan. This is Joe Biden's dead Americans. This is Joe Biden's billions and billions and tens of billions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer paid equipment going into the hands of the terrorists. And we're going to talk about that with the CEO and founder of Open the Books, Adam Angievsky, in just a couple of minutes. I want to remind you this program is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com, put Ledger in the promo code box, you get up at 66% off. It's also brought to you by uh, Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger, or you can call 833-425-7246 for homeopathic relief. And if you believe, as I do, that even though we're at record highs in the stock market, uh, what goes up will come crashing down pretty soon. You better go to Beverly Hills Precious Metals, 866-3GOLD25. But you must tell them Graham Ledger sent you for the red carpet treatment. All right. All of these sponsors are on GrahamLedger.com. So please go to GrahamLedger.com. You can also answer the question, uh, will Gavin Newsom be recalled uh, during this, quote, September 14th recall election? <laughs> Which is not, it's, it's not an election, it's, a, it's an election month. And oh, by the way, you probably won't have the results. It's certainly if they're cl it's a close race, you're not going to have the results probably for a couple weeks after. Because they have to print more ballots. Somebody asked me the other day, I heard, um, this person said, I heard that uh, some voters in California can print their ballots at home. It's the truth. If you, quote, qualify in some obtuse way that the, government of California has figured out, you can print your ballots at home. I'm not making this up. You can verify it. Everything I've always told you over the years, by the way, is rooted in truth. I give my interpretation on this truth, which is rooted in the Constitution, but everything I tell you is rooted in the truth. And I have conversations with people who are liberal, let's put it that way, in, in, in their soul, they're probably Marxist. I don't know. They don't have a stamp on their forehead. But they start saying, oh, that's your opinion. And I say, no, it's not my opinion. I talk about the VARS reporting numbers on the CDC adjunct website. That's not my opinion. That says 13, 14,000 people are dead from taking the so-called vaccines for COVID. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. Go look it up yourself. It's just not being reported in the mainstream media. Ah, but the mainstream media does have the back of Joe Biden. And so even though they've swerved into some truth here, even though they swerved into reporting about the, the Marines being murdered, slaughtered by the terrorists, there's no difference between the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS. I'm sorry. Okay. You try and do a deal, you try and trust the Taliban, you're out of your mind. These people want to slaughter us. Donald Trump was not doing a deal with the Taliban. He was trying to end a war 
that really, in my opinion, should have never been started. There never should have been an American boot on the ground officially in a large capacity in Afghanistan. That's just my humble opinion. Did we contain them for some 20 years? Did we contain the terrorists, the Taliban? Yeah. Did we contain ISIS? Yeah. Have we contained Al-Qaeda? Eh. Have we really contained these people, globally speaking? No. The answer is no. Have we protected America and Americans? Yes, we have. Was this in vain? I don't know. I don't know. I, I do know that we have contained the terrorists to a certain extent. And that have there been a terrorist attacks on Americans since 9-11? Yes, there have. In various forms. Various factions of terrorists. There's no difference to me between the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS. Or any other form of, of, of radical Islamic terror. I don't care. They're all the same. They're all cutthroat terrorists and they need to be eliminated. Can we drop bombs on terrorists in Afghanistan now? Yeah, you know, actually, in, in, in a kind of a sick way, having a, a terrorist state like Iran in Afghanistan does give it a, a border and a, and a chunk of land. And yes, they might be commingled in there with innocent people like in Iran, but we do know where they are now. So from a strategery sense, yeah, we know where they are. All right, but back to the media. The media are circling the wagons as proven in the recent reporting, trying to cover the back, have the six of Joe Biden, as evidenced by this report from CBS. Roll tape. Jerika, good evening to you. You know, President Biden directed the Pentagon to retaliate for Thursday's suicide bombing at the Kabul airport. And based on what we've seen this weekend, the military is already following through after losing so many of its own. The president and first lady paid their respects as the remains of 13 service members returned to U.S. soil at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. Eleven men, two women, ranging in age from 20 to 31. They were Marines, a soldier, and a Navy corpsman. Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover's father said his son died doing for others what they couldn't do for themselves. Best kid in the world. You couldn't ask for any better. Um, loved his family. His sisters absolutely adore him. Back in Washington this afternoon, President Biden said he had spent some time with the families of the fallen. We lost their lives in the service of our country, and while we're praying for uh, the best in Louisiana, let's keep them in our prayers as well. They lost their lives in a mission that is set to wrap up in just 48 hours. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan insisted that despite the hazards, any U.S. citizen left in Kabul can be evacuated if they wish. We have the capacity to have 300 Americans, which is roughly the number we think are remaining, come to the airport and get on planes in the time that is remaining. But getting to Kabul's airport is still fraught. Just this morning, a U.S. drone took out a vehicle the Pentagon says was heading to the airport with bombs inside. This is the most dangerous time in an already extraordinarily dangerous mission these last couple of days. More than 115,000 Americans and Afghans have now been flown to safety. Some of them have already reached the U.S. 
But the administration continues to face withering criticism from Republicans who opposed a full withdrawal of U.S. troops. This is one of the worst foreign policy decisions in American history, much worse than Saigon, because after we left Saigon, there weren't Vietnamese terrorists who were planning on attacking us here at home. Nancy, still so many concerns. What happens to any Americans or eligible Afghans who don't get evacuated before the military pulls out on Tuesday? Patrika, today the White House put out a statement with dozens of other countries to say that they had received assurances from the Taliban that any foreign nationals or eligible Afghans would be able to leave the country even after the 31st. Stop tape, stop tape. You see Tarika, you saw Tarika there, the requisite black female that you got to have on national television today. You know what? Maybe she's qualified. Uh, but... Uh, these days, you know, white males, forget about it. It's amazing that there are any white males on national television uh, these days. You got but I'm getting lost here, okay? I'm starting to sound like Joe Biden here. So this is an example of the CBS Evening News covering for Joe Biden. Here he is being presidential, welcoming home uh, the fallen troops. He's talking to the families, they report. They put on Blinken. This guy is a disaster who should have resigned over this, and the Secretary of Defense should have resigned over this, but no, they're just putting him on television saying, this is a really dangerous time. Yeah, it's dangerous because you created it. It's dangerous because you telegraphed to the enemy what you're doing, you morons. It's dangerous because you started pulling out the troops before you pulled out Americans, you morons. And Joe Biden says that he comforted some of the families. I wonder if he talked to Kathy McCollum. Do you think he made a phone call to Kathy McCollum? The woman who called into that radio program and told it like it is that the occupant of the White House right now has dementia and screwed up and killed his son and all the people who voted for and support Joe Biden and cheated for Joe Biden are complicit in his murder? Did he talk to her? I doubt it. I doubt it. And what CBS did not include in their report is this. The so-called commander-in-chief saying, I'll take questions, except the questions he doesn't want to take the questions about. Roll tape. Commissioner, I, I really think it all works. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take any questions, but go ahead. Mr. President, on Afghanistan? I'm not going to answer Afghanistan now. Can you say if there's still an okay. acute risk? Like okay. okay, so there is President Biden there at FEMA headquarters in D.C. Stop tape. So you saw what happened there. He says, I'll take questions. Oh, but not that question. And did you hear how frail his voice is? Uh, I mean, it's scary. It's honestly scary. And then he does an abrupt one uh, abrupt 180 right if you're listening and not watching does it an abrupt 180 and he looks lost doesn't know where he's going he kind of stands there for a minute you can't see his eyes but you know he's trying to he's trying to lock on to something and then he walks frailly off into the distance that is the leader so-called leader of the free world right now. A frail, dementia-ridden phony who has lived off the government 
Dole his entire career, never created a job, never created a business, only spent our money now at 78 years old and clearly lost mentally. He is occupying the Oval Office and making all the big decisions. It is unbelievable that the United States of America is in a position like this when just a year ago we had a commander in chief who would have never allowed to have happen what is happening in Afghanistan under his watch. And part of the tra travesty, of course, the loss of life is paramount. Make no mistake. But part of this travesty, part of this debacle, is the huge loss of American equipment paid for by us, the taxpayers. The list is long and it is disgusting. These items that are falling into enemy hands. Joining me now, the CEO and co-founder of Open the Books, Adam Andrzejewski. Adam, you look at the staggering costs just in the last couple, three months of what's been going on in Afghanistan. And by costs, I mean, of course, human costs, as well as taxpayer costs of what's been going on in Afghanistan just in the last couple of months. It is uh, rather staggering and maybe a number that we'll never be able to exactly quantify. Well, exactly how inept is the Biden administration? As of July, there's pictures on social media of the Ministry of Defense in Afghanistan accepting seven brand new U.S. helicopters into the capital city of Kabul. The Biden administration this spring thought their plan in Afghanistan was going so well that in the president's budget to Congress for next year, Graham, Biden actually increased the amount of funding to the Afghan security forces from $3 billion this year to $3.3 billion next year. Incredibly, even though Afghan security forces, quote unquote, lost up to $200 million worth of drones, in Biden's budget to Congress, he's requesting another $22 million worth of drones for the Afghan security forces. You know, they, they received, they being the Biden administration, we now know that they received cables from the intelligence community saying, hey, no, uh, you, you, what you're saying publicly is wrong, that the Afghan military will not be able to hold back the Taliban for multiple reasons, including that they were effectively mercenaries, that they were paid to be the Afghan military, Afghan security forces. And as soon as the pay ran out, they weren't paid anymore. They ran out. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. But when we look at you touched on some of it regarding the drones. Um, there's lists, and you've compiled lists that uh, open the books. The, the Gateway Pundit has a, has a list. I want to just go through a, a, a few things um, that the U.S. military has left behind. Uh, these would be a couple thousand armored vehicles. These would be uh, Black Hawk helicopters, somewhere in the neighborhood of 45. We don't know exactly. We, uh, attack choppers, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50. At least four C-130 aircraft. The list goes on and on and on, including mounds and mounds of ammunition, uh, special operations glasses. There was a picture that I put on social media of these terrorists that are now in full uniform, full U.S. uniform, right down to the belt buckle, holding our firearms in a Ford truck, not to mention pallets and pallets of, of U.S. dollars. This is an abomination. 
You could, I don't care, I, I'll argue this to the death, that you could, if you were the commander in chief, had begun pulling a lot of this stuff out before you announced that you were going to evacuate, before you actually did pull out the troops. Well, Graham, the Biden administration has turned the Taliban into a major U.S. arms dealer for the next decade. The Taliban obviously is classified under U.S. law as a terrorist organization. They're going to be selling tickets to the terrorist gun show for many years based right there in Kabul. Our equipment. Here's just a small sample of what we've left behind. 600,000 weapons. Yeah. That's 350,000 rifles, M4s and M16s, 60,000 machine guns, 25,000 grenade launchers. For crying out loud, we left 2,600 mortars and howitzers, the modern day cannon that can take out a bridge, a building, or an airport runway. In order for open the books to function, uh, you have to be able to look at the books and, and you do it in various ways. Maybe you do a FOIA request or, but you also can pull information off government websites, audits, if you will. And you look at that and you compare that to maybe government spending, you know, you do it various ways, but the bottom line is you're trying to get a bottom line for the American people. The Biden administration, you're telling me has pulled some of this information, maybe a lot of this information vis-a-vis -vis Afghanistan and the numbers and the equipment that we are sending over there, that we sent over there, a lot of this information has been stripped. It's been stripped from what federal websites. So the State Department, they issued guidance to the federal audit agencies, like the Special Inspector General for Afghan Reconstruction, the Government Accountability Office. These are folks that quantified the amount of American taxpayer provided uh, military aid the equipment, the training into the Afghan security forces in the Afghan National Army. These were the audit reports that when we went up at Forbes on our staggering cost piece that quantified all this information out that we're talking about here today, we relied on those reports. Well, the Biden administration, we noticed, pulled them off the websites. Thankfully, we had proactively captured these reports to our hard drive and we've reposted them at openthebooks.com. So if you want to see exactly what the Biden administration doesn't want you to see, the empirical evidence of what you and I have paid for, we need a transparency revolution and we need that information to hold the Biden administration accountable for their decisions in Afghanistan. And you've also chronicled uh, from however you can, uh, dating back to 2003, the amount of equipment, U.S. taxpayer equipment that was supplied to Afghanistan. God only knows where that equipment is over the, the 20 years of this uh, police action, if you will, in, in Afghanistan. Do you think that we'll ever know? You know, you look at the federal government and you look at what's happening with COVID and the CDC and the FDA and the corruption that's going on behind the scenes there that the American people are largely unaware of the swamp, if you will. Do you believe we'll ever get a full accounting um, of equipment, U.S. taxpayer dollars being used in Afghanistan? Well, we've got some very good hard counts off the top line of what the American people through their generosity of their tax dollar has provided uh, into Afghan security forces that's obviously now controlled by the Taliban. It was $83 billion over that 20 year period, which is absolutely stunning. The organic economy outside of any U.S. subsidy in Afghanistan is only $11 billion. 
We flooded this economically depressed and repressed area of the world with tens of billions of dollars worth of guns, ammunition, military equipment, airplanes, and everything else. And obviously they had no capacity to sustainably absorb any of that. And now it's all in the hands of the terrorists. And unfortunately, uh, if they can figure out how to fly those Blackhawks, God only knows where those Blackhawks and all the other aircraft, 200 by my count, and the hundreds and hundreds of vehicles on the ground, no telling how eventually those could be used, unfortunately, against innocent civilians, including Americans. Um, Adam, if folks want more information about Open the Books, just go to openthebooks.com. Openthebooks.com. Graham, we've got a petition there. Just click on the petition tab at the top of the page to urge Congress to take a 72-hour timeout to read legislation because we don't think we have a representative republic if our representatives don't have time to simply read the bill. Exactly what the framers of the Constitution wanted. I believe it was uh, James Madison, uh, maybe Alexander Hamilton, who said, hey, listen, any bill that cannot be read by the American people, let alone a congressman, these people don't have, number one, have time. And number two, the bills are so thick, full of uh, convoluted kinds of prose that you can't understand what the hell they're even talking about. This is not what the American people deserve, and it's certainly not what the framers of the Constitution uh, intended. And uh, Adam, uh, thank you, and uh, keep up the great work at uh, Open the Books. Graham, thank you. What we are witnessing, is it impeachable? Yes. What we are witnessing with Dementia Joe, and I, I don't mean to make light of this and make a joke about it. It's clear he's got a incapacitation problem. What we are witnessing with that, should it trigger the 25th Amendment? Probably. The 25th Amendment, remember, has a higher constitutional threshold than impeachment does. But the dynamic in Washington, D.C. right now is not going to facilitate impeachment. And yes, we can yell all day long that he needs to be impeached. And all the Republicans together can yell they won't. But all the Republicans together could yell impeachment. And some Republicans are calling for the 25th Amendment to be invoked. But it's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Neither is going to happen, given the political environment that's in Washington, D.C. right now. But what could happen is what I remind people. What could happen is the constitutional process that's unfolding in Arizona right now. And as Arizona goes, potentially so goes Pennsylvania, potentially so goes Georgia, potentially so goes Wisconsin, potentially so goes Michigan. And that is the constitutional remedy, ladies and gentlemen, to Biden's Afghan debacle and the huge loss of life and the huge loss of taxpayer paid equipment now going to the terrorists. This edition of The Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I am right. <laughs> <laughs>